Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And I, I just wanted to talk about something that I was thinking about this week. And that is my second car. My very first car was a, a Mercedes 240 diesel. And I'm telling you, man, that was <laughs> like, you can hear that thing coming from a mile away. I remember once I decided I was going to surprise uh, my then girlfriend, Heidi, at her house. And I was going to bring her, I, I brought her a gift, but I didn't want her to know that I was coming. So I actually, uh, driving down the street in that Mercedes 240 diesel, <laughs> driving down the street, I turned the engine off about halfway and I coasted to her house. Well, at one point I decided to adjust the steering and I turned and the steering wheel locked. <laughs> so I'm like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna hit these cars. And so I'm, I'm turning the ignition thing and, 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 and finally I was able to get it turned enough to so where I could continue to drive the car, but without having to turn on the, you know, that, that noise. And I, and I apologize for that sound, but it kind of sounded like that. But then that car had some major issues and, and and so we ended up being able to get me another car which a which was a, a mercedes-benz a 1990 mercedes-benz uh, 190e a 190e oh no 300e sorry a 300e and i remember it was uh, like a forest green color it was tan on the inside and uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you i loved this car and it was one of those things where I felt comfortable now because at that point I was on staff at a church in Manhattan Beach. So driving around in a Mercedes in Manhattan Beach in the late 90s, driving an early 90s model car, you know, it wasn't too bad. It was it was all right, you know, and, 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 I, and I did. I felt really good driving around in my Mercedes Forest Green 300E. But then time went by. And all of a sudden, you know when your car gets to that point where things start to not work anymore? Have you ever had the experience drive-by prayer? So let's talk about drive-by prayer. So we'll get to that in a second. But I remember one of the very first things that happened in this car that told me this car is not going in a good direction. I was driving one day and it was starting to rain and my rear window was down. And so I was raising my rear window up and it just stopped, just stopped. And it, it stopped enough to where it was mostly up, but not enough to keep all of the rain out. <laughs> you know what that's like, right? So eventually I put a trash bag in the window. So now this green Mercedes 300E 1990 that I was so proud of driving in Manhattan Beach, now I'm driving down the street with a trash can in the window, or a trash bag in the window. And then time started going by further and things started 
getting worse. And, and, and remember I talked about driving by prayer? Basically, here's what driving by prayer means. Driving by prayer means your check engine light come on, comes on and you're like, please, oh God, please, oh God, please, oh God, get me there. Please, oh God, get me there. <laughs> you know? So it was kind of like that with this car. And what would happen is we would like get it fixed and the, the check engine light would just still come on randomly for different issues. And if you've had a Mercedes or if you own a Mercedes, you know when it comes to doing repairs, they ain't cheap. <laughs> you know, it's not a cheap car to fix at all. And so I finally got to a point where I was just praying like, God, I'm looking at where we're at financially, but I'm also looking at this car and it seems like we're pouring more and more money into this car to try to get this car fixed. And so I was like, God, give me a sign. Like if, if, it's, if it's meant to be for me to replace this car, give me a sign. And as I'm driving to the gas station, all of a sudden the check engine light comes on. Now, was that a sign from God? I took it as one, <laughs> you know, it may not have been, it could be just a random thing where Satan has, has possessed my vehicle. <laughs> it could be that as well, but, but I took that as a sign. And so I think within the next week or so, uh, we actually went to a Nissan store and I got me a Nissan Pathfinder and replaced it with that. But the thing that was a challenge with this car is when, you know, it's, it's that place like when you have to drive by prayer, here's the truth is you're doing that because you are in a car that's unreliable, that, that you're just not sure that, that and you, you are, every time you drive your car, you're driving by faith because you're just hoping that is going to get you from point A to point maybe A and a half, <laughs> you know? I would love to get to point B, but at least get me as close as possible. And have you experienced that? For some of you who have had cars that are unreliable, have you have you had that, that, that stress? You're gripping your steering wheel. Beads of sweat are, are rolling down your face because you're just not quite sure how it's going to work out. And then... When you get there and you arrive in the words of Medea, hallelujah. <laughs> you're like, praise you, Jesus, God, you are, God, you are so good. Like, like, God, you are good. I arrived. But there's something about that. Now, what if we take that metaphor and, and we ask this, what about people that are unreliable? What kind of stress does that create in your life? How difficult does that make things? You know, we're in a series that we're doing called Next Level Love. And, and this series was really inspired by a guy named Jeff Bennett. He wrote a book called How to Avoid Falling in Love with Jerks. And that was for people that are dating, are interested in dating. He also wrote a book called Building Better Together, which was designed for married couples. And in both books, he talks about something he created called the relationship attachment model. And, and basically what that model says is, is this is the way that natural relationships are to progress. That, that pain and hardship happens when we develop a relationship not in the right progression or in the right sequence. And so we set ourselves up for pain. So the proper sequence that he talked about is no. So first you get to know someone. 
and as you're getting to know someone then you're beginning to get to know who their character what the character is. so then that brings you to trust do you have the kind of character that i can trust and then as you begin to build that trust now it's rely now that i can trust you i can begin to rely on you because i've seen that you have the kind of character that you will follow through on whatever it is i will need from you and so that's kind of where we're at this week we're talking about relying on someone and, and just a quick reminder we, we talked about this last week we talked about the differences between trusting someone and relying on someone because you can trust someone and not rely on them yet because basically here's what you're doing is you're looking for what's your character what is your character like and does your character reflect that of someone that I really can look at and begin to depend on. And, and I'll, I'll give you some examples because now that we begin to look at trust and rely, now we begin to look at that and the, words that, the way that that works together, this is why you can't rush into relationships because it takes time to get to know their character. And again, one of the things that we've said is make sure that you give yourself enough time that you're able to see their faults, their flaws, their failures, their shortcomings. You're able to see how they respond to pressure. You're able to see, how, you're able to look at all of those other elements and, 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 and look at their flaws and, and how do they respond to their flaws? How do they respond to when life gives them pressure? How do they handle that? Because odds are that's going to be how they would respond in your relationship. Don't ever fall for the, well, he won't do that with me or she won't do that with me, you're going to end up on Judge Judy. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Judge Judy, People's Court, Judge Mathis, all those other judge shows, you're going to end up, unfortunately, maybe even in divorce court. Because the truth is, someone's character is someone's character. Now, you may be saying, well, well Ken, don't you believe in a forgiving God and, and a God who heals and restores and renews? And the answer to that question is yes. I absolutely do. And, and I'm not saying that they won't one day be reliable or one day be dependable, but you can't build a relationship or into, enter into a relationship with someone with the hope that one day they may come around. Now, we all have our weaknesses. We all do. But there's a difference between someone who has a weakness and is working on it compared to someone who has a weakness, and it's just that, a weakness. They don't acknowledge it, they don't recognize it, everybody else sees it, but they fail to deal with it or even want to deal with it. In that situation, it is very dangerous to build a friendship, a relationship, or, an, or a partnership with that person. So, so with that in mind, as we look at trust and rely and, and the way that they work together, I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to develop someone, like you, like you get to meet someone and you, you get to know them and now you want to step into the place where you become friends with that person. Now, one of the things that you do as a friend, especially when someone becomes your best friend, one of the things that you do is you share your struggles, right? You share your, you share your secrets, you share your, your, your shortcomings, you, you share your trials, you share your perspective on things. Maybe even you share your perspective on people. But now here's the thing, in order for you to get to that place, 
there's something that you need to see. You need to see a character of someone who doesn't gossip. <laughs> Amen. Like you may be, you may be in your car. Amen, Ken, you are so right. You want to make sure that if this person is going to be quote unquote your best friend, that this person is someone to whom if you share your struggles with, if you share your background with, if you share those, that, that you know that if you say to this person, like, look, I need you to keep this between you and me, that you know they're going to keep it between you and me, or me and you, that they're going to do that. So if, if you are connecting with someone and they gossip, I'm telling you, don't share your stuff with them. That's the idea. So the character. You don't, you want someone who doesn't gossip, so why? So that you can rely on them to be able to be there for you and to share your struggles and your wrestles and those elements. What about dating? How many times have you heard the story of guy has affair with girl or girl has affair with guy or they both have affairs with each other on their prospective spouses? So then what do they do? They leave their prospective spouses to be with one another. And then a couple of years down the line, you hear one of them comes to you and they are brokenhearted because the person who they thought they were going to be with for the rest of their life, you know, the one that they started with by having an affair has now left them for someone else. So what do you see there? You, you see character and in that situation here's the truth if if they're not going to be faithful to the one that they were with what makes you think that they're, they're going to be faithful to you that's character so so you want you want the kind of faithfulness with someone that you can rely on because when trouble happens when struggles happens in your relationship and invariably it will or inevitably it will you want to have someone that's going to be able to say to no to someone else and fully invest in your marriage or in your relationship. Or what about this one? You know, we were talking about that, that Love is Blind show that uh, I talked about a week ago or a couple weeks ago that we were watching. In season one of that show, uh, one of the couples that gets, you know, eventually gets married, uh, she talks about how much debt she is in. And it, I mean, and it's growing and growing and growing. And eventually they have an argument on the show about the way that she spends money. <laughs> and you think that that's going to change when you get married? I'm sure that they had further arguments because here's what you want to do. And I'm not saying that the, that there has to be someone who manages their finances perfectly. Of course, none of us ever do that. None of us ever have it down perfectly. We all make mistakes or blunders when it comes to our finances. But you, you just want to make sure that you have the kind of reliability that, that their character shows that I'm working on managing, managing money well. Why? So that as we invest together in our marriage or in our relationship, I, I want to make sure that we in the future are able to pay our bills, able to build a nest egg, able to build savings, able to maybe one day retire and retire comfortably. You, you want to make sure that, that you have that in place. And and that really is, that really is the challenge that we can have sometimes. Or what about this? What if you're entering into a business partnership with someone? There are some background questions 
that you want to ask. A, have you had a failed business in the past? Now, just because someone has a failed business doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be a great business partner now. But what you better find out is you better find out why it failed. If it failed because of their inability, if it failed because of a lack of planning, if it failed because of mismanagement, you need to keep that in mind before you step into someone and be a business partner with someone. Now, it's different. COVID, we saw a lot of businesses fail. And it, was, it had nothing to do with someone's ability to be able to manage. You had entire industries that were shut down for at least a year. So some places didn't survive that. That's different. That's different. But if their business had to shut down because they had to declare bankruptcy and they still weren't able to pay their bills or get everything right, then that's something that you need to consider before you enter into a business partnership with them. You need to weigh that out. Because in that, you are relying on them financially. So does their character show that they're able to manage things well? Because you want to make sure that when you hit challenges, and you will in building a business, it's tough. It's probably one of the toughest things that you could do. So, so you want to make sure that they are able to manage things and you can navigate things together successfully. So that's the idea behind those elements is, is looking at those types of decisions. There's a story of this king. And one of the things that this king needed was, uh, this king was just so depressed and just overwhelmed. And so one day he just, he just issued a decree. And the decree was, if you can come in and make me laugh, I will give you a special reward. And so people took it up, let's, let's go for it. And so they had jester after jester come in and do all of these silly things to try to get the king to laugh and no one could. But finally, this one jester came in and was just on his game and had the king laughing so hard that the king was crying. And so the king took this, a scepter and he gave a scepter to this jester. And he said to the jester, you are one of the biggest fools that I have ever seen. And if you ever find someone else who's a bigger fool than you are, give them this scepter. So then we fast forward to many, many years later and the jester and the king maintained a relationship and you know, the jester would make the king laugh on a regular basis. And, and so finally, in the future, the king finds himself on his deathbed and the jester comes in to visit. And, and the king looks at the jester and says, you know what, I, I just don't have the energy to laugh today, but can you just sit down next to me on my bed? Can we just talk and talk about life? And so that's what they started doing. And the jester asked the king about his children. And the, the king said to the jester, you know what, I, I have to tell you that I haven't had a great relationship with my kids. I was so invested in my kingdom that I ignored my kids and now my kids want nothing to do with me. And the jester was said, well, isn't one of your kids going to be like the next future king or queen of our nation? And the king said, yeah, yeah, my, my oldest son is going to be the next king. 
And the gesture said, well, you never invested in him as your, as your son, or maybe even just invested in him as the next king. And the king said, no, I, I just never did. I, I just thought I would have time. And so I just never invested in my, my son. And so the jester gets up and, and walks out of the room. About 30 minutes later, the jester comes back and he gives the king a scepter, the scepter. And he says to the king, you told me when you gave this to me years ago that if I ever find a fool bigger than I am to give them the scepter. Well, king, I'm giving it to you. And as you look at that story, here's the thing that we want to make sure you know, the, the Bible talks a lot about fools. And you just want to make sure that the person that you are trusting in and that the person that you're relying on is not someone who is a fool. Now, now here's some really great passages that kind of show the difference between someone who's fool, a fool and someone who's wise. It says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others well that's the thing too look at them look at the person that you're interested in being a friend with and being in a relationship with and being a business partner with do they show that do they show the kind of character that they're willing to listen to others because at some point if you especially if you're having a relationship a business partnership or a friendship at some point you are going to rely on them to listen to you because of the insight that you have and it won't happen if they are someone who always think that their own way is right. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 16 says, lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. <laughs> have, have you noticed that? Have you ever noticed that there are certain people that you will give insight to, that you will give wisdom to, and it is like talking in one ear and it goes right out the other. Have you ever had people that come to you for advice and then not listen to it. Well, that's the thing too, that you wanna look at for someone, how can I rely on you when you won't even follow the advice of people who are close to you? So you wanna look at that, you wanna see how do they respond when someone gives them advice or, or insight, when someone gives them constructive criticism? How do they respond to that? Because lazy people consider themselves smarter. Why are they smarter? Because the truth is, change takes work and so the lazy person what they'll do is try to find the easy way out of the work so so how can you rely on someone who's not willing to put the work in to change or to grow or to be a better person proverbs chapter 13 verse 16 says wise people think before they act fools don't and even brag about their foolishness Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. And, I, and I've seen that. I've seen people make dumb decisions and then like brag about it. And hey, clink a beer together because I just did something really stupid. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You know, kind of thing. And just brag about their foolishness. So again, that just shows someone who's not teachable. It shows someone who's not willing to grow. It, it shows someone who can look at a certain situation, know that they've made a bad decision in a situation, and not feel bad about it. And as a matter of fact, maybe even brag about it. That's unhealthy. Compared to 
someone who is willing to listen and be wise in the way that they think, in the way that they act. How about this one? Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. So I, I do want to say this, because I, I want to make this really clear. I'm not saying that the person that you are interested in being a friend with or being a, in a relationship with or being a business partner with, I'm not saying that they should never fail. Because the truth is, is we all do. The measurement of greatness is not that you don't fail. The measure, the measure of greatness is what do you do when you do fail? How do you respond to that? So the other thing that you want to look at is can I rely on you to be resilient when things are falling apart, when our friendship is struggling, when our relationship is struggling, when our partnership is struggling? Can I rely on you to be someone who won't quit, who will be resilient, who will get back up and continue to press forward. So, so these are the things that you want to look for in someone who it really is going to be someone that you rely on. Because it says this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. So I, and I said this on Sunday, and I, and I want to say this again. One of the best measurements as someone that you can rely on is do they have a servant's heart? Do they have a servant's heart? Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. He said, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So do they model Jesus in that sense? You, you know how people went to Jesus? People went to Jesus all the time. Why? Because he served. He sacrificed. He was willing to give to others above himself. He was committed to that. So that's the element that you want to look at. Do they have a practice in their life of volunteering, of being able to recognize that there are other people who have needs and I could do something to meet their needs? And just to make sure that you understand this too, make sure that it's not someone who says, well, you know, one day I'll serve. One day when I have it all together, then I'll serve. I'm telling you, if that's their mindset, they'll do the same thing to you as well. One day this will work out. One day this will change. Here's the truth. There's a story of, of Jesus with the disciples and he's watching people come in and he's watching them give in the offering. And it says, there's this widow that came in and gave two mites. And Jesus pointed her out. Like, could you imagine? Peter, Peter, come here. Hey, Peter, James, John, come here. Come here. Judas, come here. Simon, come here. Matthew, Levi, come here. Like, he calls them all over. And he says, look at her. Look at that woman. Look at her. She is the greatest giver out of everyone in this room. He said, because look, the people who went before her gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her lack. 
she gained out of her loss. She gained out of having the minimum that she could have to exist. And she gave out of that. So it's important to understand, like, and I get it. You, you want people that are willing to serve. But here's the truth is every single one of us have something to offer. Every single one of us can make a difference in some way in the life of others. So you want to make sure that no matter where they're at, they're able to recognize that I have something to contribute. I have something to offer, something to give. And if they're willing to do that, and if they're willing to serve others and put others above themselves, they can be relied on. They can be depended upon. This is about humility. Being able to see others above yourself and being able to honor others above yourself. That's humility. That really is. So Philippians chapter two, verse three, again, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Matthew, again, Matthew 28, 20, verses 28, uh, chapter 20, verse 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So what do we see out of that? We see humility. We see humility. And then the last thing that I wanted to emphasize for someone that you want to rely on. It says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29, do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. So the thing that you want to look for is, are they someone who is willing to put their best foot forward in whatever they do? In whatever they do, will they put their best foot forward? There are times where I've seen it where people will put their best foot forward, but they will put their best foot forward when the light is the brightest. They will put their best foot forward when the spotlight is on them. You want to find someone who will put their best foot forward when no one will recognize it, when no one will thank them, when no one will see it. Someone who's able to put their best foot forward even if there is no recognition whatsoever that they're putting their best foot forward because they care. I love what it says in Colossians 3, verse 23, which says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. As though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. There's a story that I heard of a, of a guy who was on a plane and he had this flight attendant that just went out of her way. He had ordered a certain, I think he had, had ordered a vegetarian meal and there was a mistake on his order. And so she went and she dug and she dug and she dug and she dug and she was able to find an extra vegetarian meal for her, for him. So he, she brought it out to him. And, and, and he kind of, from that point, he just kind of watched her and he saw how she interacted with others. And he was just blown away at just the care and concern that she had for making sure people had the best flight experience possible. So towards the end of the flight, he gets up and he walks over to her and he says, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you write down your name and number for me? Or not your name, but, but your name number like he's trying to get a date no <laughs> sorry can you write down your name for me because i, I want to make sure 
that I call, like it was Delta. I want to make sure that I call Delta and, and just tell them how great of a flight attendant you were. And, oh, and it was a flight number. That's what it was. So write down your name the, and this flight number so I can make sure I have it because I want to recognize you with Delta. And here's what she said. She said, oh, you don't need to do that. Thank you for that, though. And here's what she said. I already get my recognition because I work so hard for Jesus Christ. And I do what I can to honor him. So if I'm honoring our passengers, I am serving them the way that Jesus Christ will serve them. But thank you so much for recognizing it. Boom. You talk about leave a lasting impression. Whoa. But that's what she did. And I mean, what an incredible, incredible story. So you're looking for someone who works hard, is willing to put their best foot forward. There's an article that I came across I thought was really interesting. It says, why hiring rock stars is, is harmful to your organization? And here's what it said. It says, the worst part about hiring a rock star is that they value individual success over the success of the team and company. They don't contribute to the learning culture and actually take away from it by setting a poor example. Humility is the key ingredient to spreading lessons across the team. Love that. Love that. So I think sometimes we can be guilty. We want to date rock stars. We want to have, be friends with rock stars. We want to be in business partnerships with rock stars. So maybe instead of looking for rock stars, let's look for team players. People that value others and investing in them. So again, what do you want to look for? For someone that you want to rely on? You want to look for someone who's teachable, someone who's humble, someone who's resilient, someone who thinks before they act, in other words, they have a plan, someone who's competent, who's willing to put their best in, no matter what it is that they do, no matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, and someone who prioritizes serving over others. Now, it may take time to find that person. It may take time to get there and to build that and to have that. And again, you have to be willing to be patient and to wait. And again, I know the biological clock is. I get that. I know that. For those of you that want to be really, I, I, I get that. But it's, it's better to wait to see who they are. And then, again, what I said on Sunday, and I want to say this here as well. Once, you at a, once you're at a point where you are able to trust their character, only rely on them at the capacity that your trust can handle. So, so here's what I mean by that. Once you begin to rely on them, start first by relying on, on them for things that if the ball is dropped, it is not detrimental to you or to your circumstance or your situation. Start there. See if they're reliable on the small things. And once they begin to prove their reliability on the small things, then you can begin to hand greater and greater things over to them for which you can't be reliable. And, and for this last part, I, I just want to share this real quickly. And, and I mentioned this last week, and I just want to hit this again. We get in trouble in our relationships when we trust and we rely on someone to do something only God can do, to meet a need only God can meet. I, I want to read some more Psalms to you that I think are just really, really incredible. I, I love this. It, Psalm 4.8, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, 
will keep me safe. Psalm 16:5. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. Psalm 31:4. Pull me from the trap my enemy set for me, for I find protection in you alone. Psalm 33:22. Let your unfailing love surround me, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Psalm 71.5, O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from my childhood. Psalm 86.10, for you are great and perform wonderful deeds. You alone are God. And this is the last one. Psalm 142.3, when I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me, you alone. So, so how do we how do we get there? Beginning in Philippians chapter four, verse ten, it says, "How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you don't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have." I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I, I, I love that. I love that. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So I, I would say that it's, it's a learning process. So again, identify what is your need and make sure that you're asking yourself, am I relying on someone else? Now, I want to make this really clear. I'm not saying that you shouldn't communicate your need. I'm not saying that you should ignore your need. Communicate your need, especially if you're in a situation where your friendship, your relationship, or your business partnership has become inadequate. You need to communicate that need. However, there's a difference between communicating your need and relying on whomever it is to fulfill the need that only God can fulfill. So literally, it goes back to constantly asking, Jesus, how do I learn how to rely on you? Show me how to rely on you, how to trust in you. Show me how to do so. Show me where am I? Where am I leaning on someone else when I should be leaning on you? Where am I leaning on money when I should be leaning on you? Where am I leaning on relationships when I should be leaning on you? Where am I leaning? So begin to just ask that and, and pursue that and work through that. And maybe sit down with a pen and paper and just ask God that. God, help me to look over my past relationships and just look, where am I leaning on someone else for something really only you can do? Because all my strength, Lord, really is found in you alone. And then you know what you do is you pursue God as though your life depended on it. Because the quality of your life does. Because the quality of your life does. Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement. Thank you so much for joining me uh, for this podcast. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. If you are someone who's listening to this podcast on our website, just want to encourage you, please head over to Spotify 
or to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, pretty much any app where you can download a podcast, you can probably find us there. Go ahead and search Find Encounter, and please, please either subscribe or follow, and that way when we, when we post new things, you'll be one of the first ones to know about it. If this has encouraged you, please, please share it with someone else. I'm, I'm excited. I've been looking and it's saying that as far as listeners that I've been hitting over between 900 and 1300, depending on the week, which for me is pretty phenomenal, but I would love to continue to see that increase. And so if there's someone that you would think, wow, this really is an encouragement, please, please have them check this podcast out. Well, again, thank you so much. Oh, just wanted to let you know uh, real quickly. We have decided to serve our community. I don't know if you've noticed the costs of groceries and how crazy it has been. My, my wife and I were just talking and just looking at the cost of cashew milk. At one point, because it's one of the things our family drinks a lot. And at one point, cashew milk, you can get it for like $2.50, maybe $3.00. It's now up to five. I mean, it's crazy. And, and that is being felt everywhere with this inflation. You know who's being affected the most are the poor. And so what I want to do and what we're doing is we're doing a food drive. And, and so if you go to our website, click events, go to our website, encountercommunity.church, click events. And what you'll, what you'll see is you'll see the food drive. You'll see what we're collecting. And then what you could do is you could feel free to drop it off either at the church uh, or you could drop it off at the church or just give us a call. We can arrange something to be able to get that from you. Um, and, and so we would love to be able to, to serve as many people as possible. If you have connections where you're able to uh, reach out to maybe grocery stores or whatever that may be like that and say, hey, I'm going to do that and see if we can get some extra food donated, please, please feel free to do so. And then what we're going to do is on March the 20th, after church, so we'll be collecting till March the 20th. On March the 20th, after church, we're going to have a sorting party where we'll put everything in bags. And then on March the 23rd, we're going to pass it out to the community. So again, would love to have you join us for that. But I'm excited about this opportunity to be able to serve others and make a difference. So as we wrap this up, encounters about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's make a commitment to love others the way that Jesus loves them. And also love in. If we find that we're loving others and loving God, loving God and loving others the way we're designed to, we'll find some incredible things we love about ourselves. Well, take care. God bless you. And next week, we'll be talking about this whole idea of commitment and what it looks like. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, 
you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week. <laughs>